You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 90 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. Today's guest is Jasmine who runs the website jasminesvision.com. And this website documents Jasmine's healing journey. And the main theme of this episode will be about healing and about ayahuasca. So thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was a nice surprise to be invited. Could you tell the listeners a bit about who you are? Well, it's a long story. Um, my name's Jasmine. I'm originally from New York in the U.S. and um, moved around a lot. I'm in Florida right now. I'm 42. I've kind of made it my mission to find wellness because I've, I've had chronic pain for many, many years. So I write a blog at jasminesvision.com where I kind of talk about my journey. And more recently, I went to Peru to work with shamans and plant medicines. Just felt the calling because I tried all other conventional therapies and wasn't seeing any improvement in my health except for diet change. I, I did kind of see improvement once I cleaned up my diet, went more organic. But yeah, um, just kind of spent decades figuring out why the pain and how to get better and share my story with others, connect with others, get information from them, share with them what I've found and tried. So kind of it. But <laughs> Have you noticed any difference since you started this journey about your pain? Um, I'm kind of learning to see it from a new perspective. Before it was kind of like attack it, eliminate it, you know, get rid of it, and now it's more understand why it's there. Is it trying to tell me something? Um, so yeah, that was kind of why I went to to work with uh, ayahuasca. I felt the calling, and and yeah, I guess I've, I've definitely seen improvement in how I look at my pain. It's, it's not something I'm suffering from anymore. It's not something that kind of owns me anymore. I'm able to accept it, breathe through it. You know, there's a lot less resistance because that was only adding to my issues. So in that respect, I feel like I've improved. <laughs> you said that you felt uh, a calling to do ayahuasca. Why uh, is it that Many people say that uh, when they talk about ayahuasca, it's not, people don't say I have a calling to try acid or something else, you know, it's usually with ayahuasca. I, I totally understand. I was hearing about it here and there, but didn't pay much mind to it, and then would literally just start dreaming about the jungle. Like I couldn't explain why or how, but I would have visions of, you know, masked. I don't know if it was a man or an animal or something, you know, with a, with a mask on, kind of peering at me through these bright, beautiful green leaves and 
I don't know, I just kind of was piecing it together saying, is this, you know, the jungle kind of luring me in? Um, and the more I researched it, because uh, I kind of follow Dr. Gabor Mate, and he was talking about using ayahuasca for addiction. So yeah, just the more I was hearing about it, and then having these visions, the more I was, that, that I felt was my calling. And I, I've even dreamed about going back since my return, so. Why did you go to the Amazon to do this? Now, these days, you can experience it anywhere in the world. That's true. Um, I kind of felt if I'm going to do it, I want to do it the traditional, most respectful way. You know, the, the traditions have been passed down for, you know, decades, centuries. It depends on the ayahuasca that you go see. But I just felt like for my first time, I have to do it the most legit way to really really feel like I've tried it. Yeah, I have friends who have done both uh, in the Amazon and also in uh, the Western world, and they all say that they prefer the Amazon experience. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that that was my first experience because I may have been, you know, I may have done it here and then felt, oh, this isn't for me because I, I wouldn't have had the same, it wouldn't have had the same impact, it wouldn't have had the same guidance, I wouldn't have followed the dieta, which, you know, they, they want you to restrict certain foods and stimulants and medicines. So I just felt like if you're going to do it, you have to do it right. So I was glad I took the time to research it before I went. It's actually a pretty good diet to keep doing it, even though there's no intention to do ayahuasca. Uh... Yeah, the, the diet worked for me, but it's, it's hard for me long term only because it's a lot higher starches and too much fruit for me is like too much sugar to my body so yeah I mean I guess if I cut down on those things but then it really limits what I can eat so yeah we did have white fish and white chicken at the retreat so it wasn't strict you know vegetarian or anything but yeah I kind of went back to red meat when I got home not that quickly like I don't eat as much bacon you know or pork as much as I used to so Certain things kind of, I lost a taste for, I guess you could say. Alcohol, like, yeah. I used to dabble in many different diets. I was vegetarian and vegan. and But after Peru, uh, I uh, came to the conclusion, for me anyway, uh, everybody has to find their own path, but uh, where I kind of learned white meat and fish and plants, they are a different organism than human beings. And uh, so, basically, I'm no longer a vegetarian. I just don't eat mammals. So I, I got a theory that maybe, you know, stay away from your own uh, animal group. Because in a, in a sense, uh, you know, you're maybe you're eating too close to your own body because... You know, once you slaughter an animal and you look at the flesh, I mean, you couldn't tell if it was uh, a human being or a, an animal, you know. But a chicken or a fish, you can easily see that it's not the same. That makes sense. Yeah, I never looked at it that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done so many elimination diets, though, for, for my headaches because everyone has their, you know, certain what helps them. So I'm always open. And, yeah, I've tried juicing and the vegetarian route and... I just felt this worked best for me. Um, I could still cut down. It's it's funny, people don't believe me when I tell them 
I go. Uh, I went paleo in 2013, and that's when my health turned around immensely. But um, I was eating more vegetables with the paleo diet than when I was vegetarian because I was eating a lot more carbs. You know, I was pretty carb heavy. wasn't I lost some weight, but I wasn't really, you know, keeping the weight off because you were still kind of allowed alcohol and sweets and you know you find ways around it and I, I know also for me with that a more carb heavy diet I was definitely hungrier so I find myself kind of noshing throughout the day whereas if I do eat clean you know I try to find only grass-fed grass-finished meats and I am satiated a lot longer what do you mean when you say paleo diet what's that it's more um, protein and healthy fats based with uh, some carbs. I mean, you get your carbs from vegetables and fruit, obviously. I went the more um, strict, which is kind of more ketogenic temporarily, just to see if that helped with my migraines, because the doctor I was seeing at the time suggested I try that, because um, uh, epileptics, a lot of people with neurological issues, find that ketogenic, uh, ketogenic diet helps keep the seizures at bay. And even though I don't have seizures, I just kind of thought, well, you know, give it a try. I was under doctor supervision, so tried it and, and definitely lost weight and definitely had a lot of energy, but was still having the headaches. So I kind of creeped some carbs back in there. But So yeah, I've, I've tried so many different diets is basically what I'm I used to suffer for many years from migraines and for a while I suspected maybe I was allergic to peanuts but uh, you know I wasn't sure and then I tried to figure out when the when the migraine was coming to see pattern and I, c- I couldn't really I just oh, I, I must be one of those people who just have migraines then uh, on an unrelated health thing you know I, I s- had problems with my teeth because I was heavily addicted to coca-cola so I, I it was very difficult to stop drinking Coca-Cola. But when I st- as soon as I stopped drinking Coca-Cola, about, I don't know how many, it's many years now, uh, I've, I haven't had a migraine since. So it was actually the Coca-Cola. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely caffeine can have an effect, if, if that's what it was, and then a lot of sugars too. But the caffeine, because I've had caffeine withdrawal headaches, and they're no fun. So, yeah, I, I get... Yeah, I haven't had any soda since 2013 either. I, I kind of cut a lot of things out cold turkey to say, okay, let me give this particular diet a try. The other thing, because you mentioned peanuts, reminds me that peanuts are a legume, and that's typically what's omitted also in the paleo diet. is no grains, no legumes, um, no sugar, and, you know, you want to keep, if you do eat meat, you want it to be clean. And yeah, stay away from it as much processed food as possible. And that's that's been the best thing for me. It's funny when you've been on the ayahuasca diet for a while, especially if you've been in, in when you've been in the Amazon for a longer period, when you come home and you put salt or sugar into you, it's much more salt and sweet than ever it's been before. That's true. With any elimination diet, really, because even when I was juicing, because I had seen a documentary called... Um, Oh gosh. Anyway, I'd seen a documentary that was more about juicing and, and the vegetarian life um, and tried to do that for so many days straight because there was a woman that gave a testimonial that swore it helped with her migraines. 
And after doing that, I, I was miserable. I, I felt worse. I was hungry all the time. And a lot of people, I guess, sneak in too much fruit. So I was trying not to do too much fruit. And yeah, it just didn't work out for me, unfortunately. But I'd, I'd rather eat the whole fr uh, fruit or the whole vegetable versus juicing it. And I know some people say that if you mulch the whole thing, like with the nut or the seed included, that that's even better for you. But to me, I just rather, I, I try to think ancestrally. So I try to think, you know, juicing wouldn't be available for a caveman typically. So I just try to think, you know, what would be, to me, foraging is better versus a micro or, um, for, you know how we do it in, in the U.S. We have micro crops or, I forget the term where it's just one crop like genetically modified peas or genetically modified soybeans and we just kind of that's all we grow depleting the soil not letting you know diversity so to me I think ancestrally well they would be foraging on you know wild like roaming foraging not planting especially not that type of planting where it's just one mono, I think it's what's called monoculture, where it's just the one thing for miles and miles. Yeah, well, I, I'm, think, I'm thinking a bit like that as well, like, uh, because, you know, uh, the, what, if you call it the caveman diet, uh, I mean, it worked for a hundred thousand years, and the mod modern diet has only been done for two thousand years, and... Um, I don't think there was all these diseases back then as there is now. Right. Do you know, um, I think it's uh, Weston A. Price was a dentist some years ago that had actually studied the teeth of indigenous people and realized that because they weren't eating, you know, the, the grains and a lot of the crops that we started growing, their teeth were magnificent, but they weren't having all the issues. So that also reminds me, you're talking about Coca-Cola and how it was ruining your teeth. A lot of um, people, you know, need braces now and everything because we got to so, uh, softer and softer foods, so we weren't using our jaws or our teeth the same way. So it's pretty interesting. Weston A. Price, if you ever want to research his his studies. Also, I was a vegetarian for many, many years, and I, I didn't want to kill anything. And it was quite ironic after having spent a lot of time in the Amazon with ayahuasca, uh, where ayahuasca, you know, if you generalize, it teaches you about compassion. I stopped being vegetarian. So even though I learned about compassion, I realized for me, you know, everything is alive. So, you know, if I kill an animal or chop down a tree or, uh, you know, it's still killing something and... In order to live, something has to die. I don't like to support the, you know, meat industry, because you know the way they do things. But then, you know, people who are vegans, they say, yeah, but uh, when you eat, like for instance, when you eat corn, you don't really eat the living plant; you just eat the seeds. But what you know, what they don't realize is that to grow corn, you have to kill a lot of animals. Mm -hmm. I agree, a hundred percent. And yeah, I've, I've gotten into heated arguments. So I just kind of said, you know, do your thing. Like everybody, if everybody just did their thing, it'd be so nice. But yeah, I I I totally respect the passion because I 
don't like the idea that I'm taking a life, but at the same time, I think back, and, you know, I think back to how our brains evolved because of an omnivore diet. It wasn't just vegetables, it wasn't just meat, it was foraging for what was around and surviving. And, you know, the big scare with cholesterol, cholesterol, don't eat eggs, eat eggs, like it goes back and forth. And I just, I took a template and I figured out what worked best for me. And energy-wise, I feel incredible. I used to have, um, I don't know if it's called fibromyalgia, where you're at, but it's kind of a, a, a long name. So, but fibromyalgia is typically just like a, a joint pain. You're very sensitive to the touch on your knees, elbows. Like, I would jump out of my skin if my husband just went to, you know, hug me. So, so many of my symptoms improved um, body-wise once. I just omitted processed foods. Like that alone was huge. Have you ever tried uh, some form of cannabis? Because that's supposed to help with joint pain. And you can take it in a way so you don't get high in pill form or oil form. Yes. Um, when I lived in California, I lived in California over 20 years and for a few years was licensed to use medicinal cannabis. And it did help with... Um, anxiety because it would kind of mellow me out but unfortunately it did not help with the headaches or the migraines and now that I'm in Florida and it's illegal hopefully it'll change that um, I, I don't even don't even mess with anything I want to do everything by the law I'm weird like that <laughs> but it looks like that it's gonna be legalized I mean it's moving that way yeah especially with the internet you you kind of realize what the truth is versus what the media tells you and i, I hear enough positive things that yeah it's it's inevitable <laughs> so uh, did they do anything else except uh, you know drink give you ayahuasca to drink did they use any other medicines because they did that to me when i was there the other concoctions yes because this was my first time trying it i wanted to do I wanted to try multiple plant medicines and not just stick with the one because I'd be traveling so far anyway. I might as well, you know, see what else was available. So besides the three ayahuasca ceremonies, we had one with Huachuma or San Pedro has multiple names, I guess, but Huachuma uh, and then Bovensana, which is a tree that once it bloomed, they made like a drink for us and it just kind of put us in a giddy mood. We were singing Icaros together and holding hands and laughing. Um, the Wachuma was more kind of, it didn't affect me the way I'd hoped, but again, it was just one time, so I feel like I'd need to return to, to give it another chance. Um, just didn't make me feel all that great, and we were out and about visiting tribes, and I just wanted to go lay down kind of a thing. And then the fourth one we were offered um, was called Vilka, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, or Wilka, and that was a snuff that we got to inhale from like a 3,000 or 5,000 year old finger bone. It was pretty interesting, um, and I guess the Vilka is part of a Shavin um, temple ritual, and that was probably the, the coolest part. Unfortunately, um, it, it starts to work within 15 minutes, so we were told to, you know, we were all set up how we were going to do everything. We had our rooms all set up. This was done in the evening, as just like the other ceremonies. We're asked to go within 15 minutes to our room, be completely still, get in bed, be quiet, because you have a roommate, you don't want to disturb them either. 
Um, and then within 15 minutes, you're basically accepting your own death. And we were warned that, you know, everything was going to feel like it was shutting down. And you just close your eyes. And, and my heart was going crazy. Like, because I, I, I had said, yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. But, you know, you know, it's just the strangest thing to be able to say, yeah, I accept my death right now. So I'm laying in bed. Everything's going according to plan. I, I do feel like my heartbeat's slowing down, my breath's slowing down. And I'm like, this is it, this is it. And then unfortunately, a neighbor, very thin walls where we were at. So um, our neighbor was kind of having a not so great experience, got scared or something or knocked something over. I don't remember, but woke me up out of it. So I didn't really get to experience the death, but I was kind of relieved at the same time. So we all joked about it. But yeah, that, that's the fourth medicine that I'd like to try again in the future. You didn't, uh, when you drank the ayahuasca, did you have any uh, death experience doing that? No, I, I really, I, I know I kind of had high hopes because I hear people say that they have, they see, you know, they ha have these experiences where they see their own death or a loved one, you know, so I was kind of expecting, okay, this is going to happen, but it's, it's all for good. It's, it's nothing to be afraid of. But mine were very pleasant, very you know, I, I think because for me, I had a lot of forgiveness. I had a lot of self stuff to work on before I could even see any kind of lessons. Like I, I felt like that's what ayahuasca was telling me to just, you know, I got to work in layers. So I just had to work on healing from my past. Um, you know, my dad wasn't in my life for 30 something years, no contact whatsoever. So I had issues with that, There's some alcoholism issues with my stepfather. So it's just, I had a lot of stuff that I just had to purge. So for me, I felt like ayahuasca was just like holding my hand, letting me get out what I had needed to get out before I could even begin to get into any kind of lesson yet. So that's why I kind of feel called to go back <laughs> to learn more. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the first time I was there, I didn't know what to expect. So I just came home, uh, you know, amazed. And then the next time I went, I felt I was going through more of a healing. And then I came back home and I thought, oh, now I'm healed. Uh, everything is, uh, you know, I don't really need to go anymore. And then the third time I went back, uh, the last time I've been, I, I had been healed and moved forward, but... I wasn't quite as uh, finished as I thought. Kind of like slapped me in the face when I came back. Yeah, the integration process had me a lot of highs and lows. And it, it just, yeah, um, our shaman, uh, Don Howard, kept saying, it's not all in the cup, it's not all in the cup. And it just it didn't really hit me until I came home. And it was like, he's right, because so much of my experience is outside of, I mean, Okay, ayahuasca was incredible. I can't put into words, but so much of the work is when you get home and you're back in that same environment that had you stressed and had you, you know, clawing your eyes out be for whatever reason, family issues or whatever. So yeah, to, to me, I try to really tell people that it's not just to go on a trip and get high. It is about it's work. I mean, it's it's going to bring up a lot of stuff a lot of people aren't ready for. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself that I went <laughs> because it was absolutely beautiful. And now I see death in a new way. I'm more, way more spiritual than ever. Um, it's It's been an incredible experience on so many levels that I wasn't expecting. But so far, which might 
come because often my experience is that if you expect something, you're not getting it. And when you are confident, uh, it push, puts you down to, you know, grounds you. Like a friend of mine who was there, he he was given an, a special medicine because he was so afraid of drinking. And he asked me if I wanted to have some as well. And I told him, oh, I'm not afraid of this. This is nothing. I can handle it. And then that that very night, I had my worst. So it was kind of like it hurt me, I felt like. So ever since then, I never... I'm, I'm never cocky. Oh, for sure. Yeah, everybody has a different experience, and it's never the same twice. So, yeah, I know that. I kind of looked at my first experience, because it was three ceremonies. So my first was kind of like a rehearsal, because I, I, I was bad. I didn't drink the whole cup. I, I was silly, and I thought, oh, you know, look at me. Um, if they see me, that I, I don't know. I, I had some embarrassment issues, so, and I got insecure, and I just gave the cup back without finishing it. So my first experience was just kind of like a dress rehearsal. But the second one was really intense, and the third even more intense, just in in the crispness of, you know, the visions I was having, and oh, it was, uh, I don't know if you know about Kundalini, but I, I found out later that I think that's what happened to me, because I just had this electrical coil, uncoiling going on throughout my spine and my limbs. I was just shaking and dancing and heavy breathing, panting, it was like... I felt like some kind of a exorcist was going on. It was just incredible, and yeah, I I, I know that there's there's definitely going to be some when I return going to be some harder lessons, and I won't be cocky because I remember how scared I was every time. You know, you, your heart starts racing because you're like you don't know what to expect. And the, for the third intention, when I when I had the last ceremony, I just said, you know what, ayahuasca, I leave it up to you. Um, whatever you know you think I'm ready to see kind of a thing and that's why I think she's so far being a little gentle with me but it could be a rougher ride next time around we'll see yeah I, I get more scared each time you know it, if you jump out of an airplane and parachute you know after 10 times it's not really that scary anymore but this is like the opposite it gets, just gets worse and worse sure sure yeah there was one gal that had gone there um that it was like her third time. She goes every four years. And I thought that was pretty smart that she gives you know herself that amount of time to integrate and plus for I guess for her job too. It's hard to get away. But yeah, she she that was her third time there. And I, I the more stories I heard about people that that they were returning there, it just kind of made me feel more safe, more calm. Because you know traveling alone, new place, I'm not that great at, with Spanish. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I don't have a set agenda when I'm going next time. I just know I'm going to go sometime in the future. When, I, I don't know. It usually, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. You just feel it like, okay, now it's done. Now I can go back. But I, I definitely need at least a minimum of two years <laughs> in between. I think so, too. Yeah, I'm. to me, that's part of the respect thing. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I think you need that time, you just do. For me anyway, I don't know, maybe other people are ready to bang them out, but I, I want to really, for a lot of it for me, I felt like it's me figuring out what I already know and getting out of my own way. Does that make sense? <laughs> I know it's weird, but... So I need that time, I, I really need that time, because you get back, like I said, to the real world 
and you can easily get caught up in the way you were behaving or the way you were the, the you know the negative thought processes whatever beforehand all over again because you're that back at it back around the same people same job what have you so yeah I really I myself needed the time and I even um, learned from my dreams so if you're lucky you remember a dream you know the next morning or two dreams maybe nothing so I, I use my dreams kind of as part of my journeying and I write down what I feel they're trying to tell me did you ever have this problem when you came back because I after I came back the first time you know I told everybody everything and uh, I sounded like a madman since that experience you know I usually only talk about this to people who done done it because uh, otherwise you just sound like a, a nutcase um, have you had the same thing where you have 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 you had people to talk to or or did you keep it all to yourself I had people from the retreat because we created our own little private group page on online so or emails you know I would, I would talk with people from the retreat um, when I did get back and spoke with friends and family I was very limited in what I said one because you really can't explain what you saw two like you said they just kinda look at you funny so I was like yeah I'm not really gonna get anywhere with you <laughs> a lot of them just focus on the purging oh the vomiting the vomiting I don't think I could do that and it's like please like I, I just kinda would, would get so turned off from not even needing to you know waste energy explaining it to certain people um, but the more I connect with people online and, you know, I'm, I'm slowly finding the others, as Timothy Leary says, and just connecting with people that way that, that have experienced it and just know like, you don't really have to say the words. Have you noticed that you've become less uh, fearful? Because for me, I noticed that, you know, there were a lot of things I wanted to do that I put off, but after the ayahuasca, I, I just did them and didn't care the, about the result. But having, but I did the things I never did, and now they're done. Like uh, not worrying so much about what you know what could happen or. Yes. Yeah, I definitely worry. Worry where I have to versus I worried all the time before. Like everything was something. Yeah, I was never in the moment. I was always thinking about the next thing, thinking about the next thing. Whereas now I'm definitely okay. That's another positive that I got from ayahuasca. I can actually meditate now. I could not, for the life of me, meditate before. I just my my brain was just be everywhere, and that's been a huge thing for me because if I'm feeling overwhelmed I can just shut everything down or go walk out in nature or you know sit in the corner of my room if I need to face the wall just zone out and just relax like I, I that's huge like with with nothing like sober just relax and not you know if the if the thoughts are going at a million miles an hour I can easily go do something that will take it off but there are a lot more opportunities now to find quiet where I didn't have that before. That sounds similar to, to my problem as well. Uh, my brain is hyperactive and uh, that's changed a lot. Another thing that I, was, uh, I learned from those experiences was that I, I stopped giving advice to people because 
people, uh, I can't give advice to anybody else, but I can tell you from my experience, if you find yourself in a similar one, is that when every time I've had like a hellish ayahuasca ceremony where it's just uh, horrible, it's usually when uh, uh, I'm, I start to think too much instead of experiencing it. And then you can just go mad. You go into like loops of craziness. And uh, in fact, one time it was so horrible that I told the shaman that I, I don't know if I can drink again because I, I just, my brain is, feels like it's going to explode. And he, and he just said to me, uh, he said just one word, corazón in Spanish. He meant I, sh- I should just focus on the heart when, when I have this uh, situation. So ever since that time I've done that so every, and it works perfectly like just uh, quiet your mind and and uh, it doesn't become so confusing because when it goes crazy and you start especially if you start questioning what you're seeing like uh, uh like the worst thing you can do is like uh don't panic or this is this is just uh uh, chemicals or like start to scientifically question it uh, that's the wor- in my case that's the worst I could do yeah I found myself doing that as well and um, what I found pleasant in my last two ceremonies was that the ego was just so put to sleep that I wasn't thinking as much as I typically would have been but I, I can see that loop that you're talking about it that makes a lot of sense if you're overthinking it instead of just trusting like for me the word was trust just trust love and trust and just be still and let the medicine do its thing and that helped me a lot but yeah I'm, I'm definitely focused more now on heart than brain because the brain is not you know that the ego the thoughts patterns that come through are usually not in your best favor so you realize you know that's a lie it's not who I am, it's not even true, or you know, whatever you have to do to talk yourself out of it and then just focus, like you said, on the heart. And that's changed a lot, a lot of, you know, made more things positive for me in life. Have, has your family uh, done something like this or have you, do they understand or is it uh, still a mystery to them? Um, they've never done it. I think they understand kind of why I did it, but you know it's not something we really talk about again because I'd I'd rather talk about it with people that know (laughs) so I guess I hide that from them that side of me but that's okay in in the beginning it was so amazing that you know I almost tried to force my mother to do it I said you 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 can't die before you try this you have to and uh, she had really like I mean, I never seen her look scared before, but and and, and oh, and she said something very funny. She said, uh, "I don't need it." How can you be so arrogant to say you don't need it? Um, nobody could say that, in my opinion. But then, you know, not everybody should do it uh, because some people, you know, maybe it's not so good. You know, they have to, as you said before, have the call. But anybody who has the has had the feeling that they should do it and say they don't need it, uh, then I think they're uh, delusional. <laughs> yeah, I, I did kind of talk it up with you know to my husband and my mom, and but I didn't force it because, like you said, if you don't 
feel called to it, it would just be something that, you know, it, it's bad enough you have to travel to do it, you know, the right way, in my opinion. So, yeah, um, I, I, I did push the issue, but I, I suggested it gently. <laughs> and like you were saying earlier, because, yeah, I used to be a person that was very much, you know, giving advice and wasting energy, I felt like. I mean, now I could look back and realize I was wasting my energy to convince people of things. And now I just say everybody has to live their own life, walk their own path. If they come to me for assistance or guidance or, you know, to answer questions, I'm here. But I'm, I'm no longer the person that's like, you need to do this, you know. So that's been very liberating as well. After my first experience, I always joked that I, I wanted to call CNN because this was great news. <laughs> but, uh, but then now I'm, I feel more it's my secret uh, superpower for me. <laughs> I've noticed also that when you have these experiences, you see like magic and synchronicities increase. And I don't know if I'm projecting these, but... Um, they happen much more, or maybe it's because I'm aware of them. Things that are unexplainable, like you're thinking about somebody and then sec that you haven't seen in ten years, and then seconds later they just show up around the corner. And I'm thinking if it's uh, you know, because in the old days people used to, s if they saw a black crow, they said, "Oh, this means there's going to be a thunderstorm," or you know, they saw signs in nature. And uh, even though we're living in cities these days, I mean, you could still see these signs in the world. And uh, and I, for me, I think I learned that if you if you believe in magic, you'll get magic. If you don't believe in it, you won't get it. Nothing is like fundamental, this or that. If you decide that the world is crap, it will be crap. I was just thinking that that's creepy. <laughs> How synchronistic. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. Because I know people like that and it's so, you kind of wish you could snap them out of it. It's, it's, they're making their own reality. And yeah, I totally get that. I was going to say also, um, I, I do believe when I was younger, like a child, 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 um, I had definitely like deja vus a lot more and a lot more synchronistic things going on and then as I got older more science-based more cynical I kind of let go of like the spiritual side um, and I really feel like ayahuasca helped pull me back and um, I've always kind of felt like I had guides not so much angels but someone like listening and looking out for me that I would talk to as a kid I never heard anything back but it would just kind of brought me comfort um, so I felt reintroduced to my guides when I did my second and third ceremony because I could see like crisscross legs of people around me like I didn't see faces but I could definitely see people seated to my left and to my right and that was very interesting and I was just kind of like turning to each pair of legs saying thank you thank you thank you and um, there was one uh, young man that was also in the retreat sitting close to me that for whatever reason didn't you know, decided to just sit with us but didn't take the brew um was like oh yeah you were like saying i love you and thank you a lot and i was like oh yes i just felt so much overwhelming gratitude for the experience that yeah words just can't express it but yeah i'm sure you know what i'm talking about <laughs> Did you did you find or discover some spirit animal? 
No. Well, okay. Well, I guess it goes back to the kundalini I was discussing and how my my body was just kind of ser- moving like serpentine-like. I don't know how else to say it, like a snake during my second and third ceremony and more so during my third where I was just, I was seated up on the floor on a mat and it was like the, the more straight that I sat, the more my body was just contorting like a snake. And I kind of felt like, I am the anaconda, kind of like crossed through my brain. So I guess that that could be seen as a, a, a hint that that's a spirit animal, but I'm not sure. Because the more I'm learning about Kundalini, it's, it's kind of like described as a serpent coiled up in the root chakra, that when you have these experiences, there's the uncoiling and you feel it just going up your chakras. So I kind of had that experience without knowing what it was and then doing research later and kind of a lot pointed to that that's what that could have been. So yeah, long story short, I guess, snake, anaconda was kind of my animal. <laughs> so um, do you know when you're going back or is it just when you feel ready? When I feel ready. Um, of course, finances kind of dictate that as well. I, I decided in the meantime, I definitely want to try um, a 10-day Vipassana silent meditation retreat. I don't know if I said that in the right order, but so I'm I'm signed up, uh, but that's not until October, unfortunately, because they have a long wait list. But I'm gonna go try that. There are places in Peru where you can um, volunteer, and you, but then you usually have to stay like more a bit longer, and uh, you, then you don't pay so much, but then you have to like do some work as well. Yeah, I thought about that because we were invited to, if you know, if we wanted to come back and volunteer. Glad you reminded me. Because, yeah, that's, that's something to consider. So if people want to check out your blog, where can they do that? It's just jasminesvision.com. My, my name, J-A-S-M-I-N-E. And then with the S at the end, jasminesvision.com. And then I'm also on Twitter at the same handle, jasminesvision. Cool. I'll post those links in the program notes as well. Uh, but thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, no problem. I'm again. I'm still in shock that you asked, but I, I I loved chatting, and I'm so glad that you had positive experiences to share as well with your journey. Go to jasminesvision.com if you want to check out her website, and that's J A S M I N E S vision.com. To close this episode, I'm going to play a beautiful little song called Blue Jays by the band Days and Days from the album Rogue Taxidermy. To hear more of their music, surf over to daysanddays.bandcamp.com. And all the links can be found in the program notes on naturalbornalchemist.com. And don't forget to like the Facebook page and follow Born Alchemist on Twitter. Freedom is in the mind. Tonight I drink to you second hand that tortures me cause you're not here cause 
Too tired to win. Too tired. 